Armchair Detective. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. How come I never hear it? You never hear the recording in progress thing? No. Oh, well, it worked. Okay. You're fine. <gasps> Hello. Hello. Hi, party people. I like that water cup. I have an extra one. Do you want it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. How Hold simple on. that was. Can you guys hear that? Can you hear the banging? No. No? No. Okay. Because I was going to mute myself. George was hanging something on the wall. No, I couldn't hear How domestic. Just let me know if you can hear him making noise. So I'll like mute myself and then just unmute when I need to say something. But uh, yeah, I got a bunch of these because I was going to cricket them and then I never did. So I have another one if you want. (laughs) Can I tell you something? Yeah, my cricket machine is in my storage unit, and today I realize my storage unit keys are no longer on my keychain. Uh oh! Did you give them you back do? to your apartment on accident? <laughs> no, it's like a it's like a store. It's like a weird little knobby key thing, and I had like five of them. And you had five every you all five all, like yeah. Oh no. And I don't know if I took it off. It's got to be somewhere. But it's not like house or something. Right. It has to be somewhere. I was like, it's not even like a lock I could cut. It's like it goes like into the door of the storage unit. And it's not like it, it, it's not like the storage unit's locked. Like they make you buy a separate lock that comes like, remember when you had to buy like gym lockers? Do you have that? Like gym locks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, so they don't have a key to it. They're like, well, my key came out of a package. Like, uh, well, you know how, like, on storage wars and shit, they just, like, break them open? They have to be able to break it open if you need there, something. There might just be, like, a fee. Like, yeah. If you lose the key, so they can order another one. They might have them, like, on file um, where they can, like, make a copy for you. But, I, does one of your friends maybe have it i feel like they yeah. have noticed by now though yeah i like i can't remember if i'm making it up if i was like oh i'll keep these keys in my car but then i looked like the ones well my car is literally disaster zone not in your so, uh whatchamacallit the glove box yes oh god if anything else could fit in there that would be a miracle but i'll have to i'll have to find it look at george examining his work making sure it's like level is it level yeah i'll have to show you guys what it is when he's done i went to like this like christmas farm with my mom and bought like a bunch of christmas stuff you'll probably he'll probably be over here in a second wow Um, this is my christmas tree it's cute is it fake yeah yeah it's small. It's only like four feet. It's okay. Yeah, I didn't want a big guy. Yeah. I hate Christmas. Does your mom put up a tree? Me? Yeah. Well, you see, her Christmas decorations are in my closet. And I was like, Mom, I have too much stuff. I'll move it later. And my plan is to just never move my stuff. I thought you were going to say it's in my storage unit that I <laughs> lost my keys to. That would have been better. <laughs> She's like writing that one down. 
That's funny. Well, are you excited about your story, Rebecca? Yes. Yes. I'm really excited to like give this attention because Ooh. like it happened like it happened in 1990 and there was no like coverage or media attention or anything until 27 years after what? the case. That's so, insane. Do you um, think we know it? Um, you might. I think you might. Okay. Um, before you jump in, mm-hmm. I do need to correct myself from last week's episode. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, not even about the case, which I'm pretty sure I got like a million things wrong on that case, but you got the gist. He was a, he's a terrible person. Um, but the the in Idaho murders. Mm-hmm. I got their levels of the floor where they lived and all mixed up. So just oh, read a news article. Yeah. <laughs> just look into that yourself. Research it yourself, please. That was that was impromptu. Like nobody yeah, researched no research. it based yeah, yeah, off yeah, of yeah. memory. So yeah. we'll get that. it was the couple that lived on the first floor and the two girls lived on the top floor. Okay. And there hasn't there hasn't been any updates on that yet, right? No. From what I saw. Not really. Just yeah, all like, I read, yeah. Was they're, that they're, they, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that they're forcing them to go back to school, yeah, like the whole campus, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to do that." Oh, that's scary. I don't think I would actually go back. Yeah, I think they ruled out that like the dog skinning had nothing to do with it, and um, there was like another murder. There was like in the like bordering states on the 13th of a month there had been murders and like they got murdered on 13th but they're like no that's not a thing mm. so that's all oh. i'm all sorry right, well now we can get no. into the research and well prepared okay well this one i kind of went overboard because like i said like i'm really excited to be giving this case some attention um so we're gonna talk about a case that's been a mystery in augusta georgia for more than 32 years and just like fair warning that this case is just like beyond frustrating and as i was like researching for this i was so angry the entire fucking time i was looking into this you so were angry? i feel like <laughs> what <laughs> no i feel like this case is like good for me because I was like I channeled so much anger into this because I was so mad the whole time I was like writing it I'm excited yeah what you pick okay so this is the 1990 case of the disappearance of the Millbrook twins (gasps) I've never heard of it no no you might once you get into it I feel like that's when I always like recognize some of the stories you guys say is once I start hearing it (laughs) but like I said like this has been around since it happened in 1990 but there's there was no like press coverage or literally anything until like 2017 about this case so it might be kind of new interesting so Danette and Jeanette Millbrook were just 15 years old when they went missing on March 18th 1990 in their own neighborhood in Augusta Georgia however it like I said it took a really long time for any media attention or any spotlight brought to this case um and it's kind of weird to me that 
they didn't get any attention because twins disappeared like I feel like you never hear about that like yeah like children go missing whatever but like the fact that it was two twin girls and they both vanished at the exact same time I feel like that is like even a little sensational like I hate to label it like that but I feel like it would have gotten a little bit of attention because of that fact yeah um and like it's the only known open case of missing twins in this entire country so it's like super strange that no one would be talking about it um but the only reason that we do know about this at all is because of how hard Danette and Jeanette's family fought for answers attention and justice for these girls um I also want to point out that this case is super complicated and it has a lot of twists and turns um and also the investigation is absolutely horrible and so many like disgusting injustices happened and this family faced like the worst shit ever um and it just got so messy and like way more than anybody could ever imagine like these these people were really given like the short end of the stick here um, great great yeah so Something like look I'm, forward to I'm preparing you for the anger because like I already it's already like bubbling up in me before I even like <laughs> talk about anything so um so on the evening of March 18th 1990 which was a Sunday Mary Sturgis who goes by Miss Louise was a oh, little that. worried that her two 15 year old fraternal twin daughters Danette and Jeanette weren't home yet after they had left earlier in the day to visit their godfather's house. The twins, their mother, and five other siblings lived in an apartment in a neighborhood called Cooney Circle, where they had just moved for more space. Because their new apartment was farther away from their high school, where the twins were in 10th grade, they needed to now take the bus to school instead of just walk. So the twins' family, they had a lot of financial strain, and they counted every penny to make ends meet. After attending church on that Sunday morning with the family, the twins realized that they didn't have bus fare to make it to school on Monday, which was the next day. So their mom, Miss Louise, suggested that they ask their godfather, a man named Ted, for the bus fare. When they called Ted and asked, he said he would gladly give them the money. All they had to do was swing by his house and pick it up. Now, Ted lived in the twins' old neighborhood, which was a couple miles away and about a 40-minute walk from their apartment. It wasn't a simple walk down the road like they were used to when they used to live in Ted's neighborhood, but they figured it was doable because they really wanted to go to school the next day. Both of the girls were really good students, and they really liked attending school. So around 2 p.m., Danette and Jeanette headed off to Ted's house to get their bus fare. But when the girls didn't return promptly, Miss Louise started to get concerned. As afternoon turned to evening and the light faded in the sky, she figured that they should be back by now. That was beautiful. (laughs) Thanks. You earned that job as copywriter. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much. (laughs) Uh, So um, Miss Louise called Ted and he confirmed that the girls were at his house, but they had already left. And he gave them $20 for bus fare and some extra spending money because, you know, he's their godfather and he loves them. So um, he did say that Danette and Jeanette had left some time ago, so he expected them also to be home by now. After Miss Louise hung up with Ted, she called her oldest daughter, who also lived in that neighborhood, the same neighborhood as Ted, 
and asked her if she had seen her sisters. She said they did stop by and stayed for about 15 minutes. She also mentioned that the twins asked her if she would walk them home, but she said no because she had just had a baby and wasn't really feeling up to it. Um, and then she told Miss Louise that when the girls left, they headed towards a store called Pump and Shop, which was like a gas station convenience store. Because it was getting dark and Danette and Jeanette still weren't home, Miss Louise took her 12-year-old daughter, Shantae, with her to the store to look for them. When they had arrived, Miss Louise talked to a woman named Gloria, who was the store clerk. And Gloria said that the girls were there and they stopped for some snacks and then headed home. Gloria said this took place around 4.30. So Miss Louise and Shantae said they looked everywhere on the way to the pump and shop and on the way home back from the pump and shop, but they couldn't find Danette and Jeanette anywhere. Miss Louise had hoped that the, that the twins would be home by the time they also got home, but once they got back and realized the twins weren't there, she decided to call the police. Now, the minute Miss Louise called the police for help was the beginning of this disastrous, completely unjust investigation. Cool, so when, great. Yeah, yeah. So when Miss Louise called the sheriff's office, they immediately told her to call back in 24 hours because there was nothing they could do until 24 hours after they were missing, which is like bullshit. If anybody, I hate knows, that. Yeah. I don't know why this is a thing that people get hung up on that. It, oh, wait, 24 hours, wait, 48 hours. Especially That's when they're minors. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like it's getting better, but it's still like a rule in some places. Right? It's not it's not a rule. I don't know why like people think it's a rule. Like if someone is missing, especially children, like why are you telling people that they have to wait? Like if it was your loved one, like I just don't understand yeah. it. So that next day, Miss Louise called back exactly as they told her to, to as soon as the 24 hours were up. The sheriff's office reluctantly sent an officer out to the house so they could file the report now get ready for some more angry feelings y'all so according to the police the original police file for this investigation if you can even call it that was lost but the little information that we do have about the report the initial report that this police officer took is a literal joke so it's unknown if this was public knowledge at the time but the officer that took this report got so much information wrong when he talked to Miss Louise. What? How? You're just copying what someone's saying. It's insanity. So he wrote down the wrong birthday for the girls. He spelled their last name with an S. So he spelled it Millbrooks instead of Millbrook. And he listed the wrong middle name for Jeanette. Good. He also got the name of Ted's Street incorrect. Like, oh that's God. a big one. That's yeah, a big that's one. Big. Like a, that's yeah. a big. I'm a terrible speller, so maybe like the, and I don't listen well, but. Yeah, but you're not the, a, pol a police officer. True, you know true. what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're unsure, you, you ask. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Is, you're not wrong. Is, you're not wrong. This is like an official like investigation. If you don't know how to spell it, ask them. Yeah. Or like, 
confirm it with them before they leave is this information correct like it just goes to show that like the little effort that they put into this but if that's not like oh wait oh yeah um like I just can't believe that they couldn't take the time to like get it accurate but if that's not infuriating enough it took a full week for the police to officially open an investigation and assign someone to this case ow what town was this or city yeah. or what did you say it's in augusta georgia that's right okay so despite like the police waiting a full week when the police officer came out to file this official report the family started doing their own digging because they Good. didn't want to wait and it turns out that they would figure out Danette and Jeanette's last movements before they went missing not the police so because like how diligent Miss Louise was and trying to figure out where her daughters were. She found out that after the twins left Ted's house and before they went to their older sister's house, the girls also stopped at their cousin's house who was in that same neighborhood. Um, and this cousin confirmed that Danette and Jeanette were there and, she, and they also asked this cousin if she would walk them home. But their mom didn't allow it because it was going to be dark soon and she didn't want the cousin walking back home alone after this i wonder if something was creeping them out that right that they're like asking so many people to walk them home yes yeah Ooh. we're we're about to get to that <laughs> oh yeah. no no so because like the twins were asking their family members to walk them home like miss louise thought that was super strange because they never really did that like that was their old neighborhood they were very comfortable there they walked everywhere I was as it was but she Miss Louise remembered something that happened earlier on that Sunday after the family got home from church she sent the twins out to get the family lunch and when the girls came back Jeanette mentioned to her mom that she thought they were being followed by a man in a white van don't like it and Miss Louise said that she checked outside, like, at the time Jeanette told her, but she couldn't really see anything or find out any other information. So the entire family, like, she gave this information to the police, and the whole family gave them, like, everything that they could remember in hopes that they would find any type of lead. Like, Ted, the older sister, the cousin, Gloria, the store clerk, like, so like they were giving them everything they had but the police didn't really listen because they already had a theory as to what had happened to them of course. and the police just straight up told miss louise that danette and jeanette were runaways mm-hmm. yep that makes sense mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. anger um, but Miss Louise like insisted that they would never run away from home. She told them that the girls weren't troublemakers. They loved school. They were homebodies and really close to their family. She told police also that like none of their stuff was missing. Like they didn't pack a bag or like, yeah. take things to run away. And Danette um, took medication for seizures and none of that was taken like it, there was no sign that they were runaways at all yeah that's just the easy answer because like if they're maybe if they had a history of doing that or a history of being unhappy but for all intents and purposes like they enjoyed going to school they liked being home they didn't have any issues from what you've told us so far so like that's just the easy answers so they don't have to deal with it exactly exactly 
um, like the investigator that was assigned to this case, his name was Jim Ship, and he was the one that told them that the girls were runaways because most of the missing person cases that he handles were runaways and they would return after a few days. Um, police also told the family that since a lot of children in the area that were reported missing are runaways, like these missing children cases use too much manpower and resources for kids that are just going to come back home anyway. Okay. Yes. Say that to all the parents of children that don't come home. (laughs) Ridiculous. It's, it's so gross. Like all the information that this family has given to police, like including the fact that Jeanette thought they were being followed. Like Miss Louise told the police that she thought they were being followed but like they still didn't take them seriously like the girls were not the type to run away and every person that talked to the police said that they wouldn't even get into a car with someone that they didn't know yeah um and the family like insisted that it had to be something else um but police continued to assume that they were like every other missing teen that they were just runaways but something else to note was that Danette and Jeanette were black girls that lived in the projects Like, I'm not making any assumptions, but we all know that where you come from, the color of your skin, like, all of that plays into how you're treated, especially by law enforcement. Um, Mm -hmm. On on top of that, Augusta, Georgia had, like, a huge disparity of rich and poor communities, which could also play a role in how this case was handled and also how it was publicized because the family was poor and lived in the projects and, like, money talks and their family didn't have any. So Jim Ship revealed that in their investigation, he came across some information that supported his theory that Danette and Jeanette were runaways. <sighs> he said that the principal of their school said he saw the girls after March 18th, which was the day they disappeared. And by the looks of it, they were trying to hide and avoid from him and of like avoid him, according to the principal of this school. Jim Ship also said that after talking to some of Danette and Jeanette's classmates, there were rumors going around the school. And the reason why they ran away, like these rumors said that Miss Louise had too many kids, so they wanted to run away. Mm-hmm. That one of that one of them was pregnant, so they ran away and didn't want to get of into course. Trouble. Of course. But those like, are rumors. Like, is there any solid fact? We're just gonna go off of rumors. <laughs> And it's just really annoying, too, that, like, they're listening to a principal of a school and classmates when the family is so desperate trying to give every little piece of information they have, but they're taking a principal and, like, their classmates' words yeah. over the yeah. family. Ugh. Yeah. It's, it's important that, that their stories so don't have to do more work. Yeah. And, like, these rumors are also ridiculous because, like I said, like, they're so close to their family. They actually love spending time with their family over their friends. I couldn't so, imagine being like, oh, you know what? I should stop at my cousin's house real quick. Yeah. Right? Like, 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 she's close with her family. Like, especially, especially being like 15. 15. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, with the pregnancy rumor, like, the twins' older sister was a teen mom. Like, the older sister that they stopped oh. at their house. Like, she was a teen mom. Like, Miss Louise supported her and did everything she could to help her. Like, if one of the twins was pregnant, it doesn't seem like it would be a hostile yeah. environment or, like, they wouldn't get into trouble. Like, right. it's supportive. Like, they love each other. So, it's just, it's really frustrating that 
the the like one the runaway theory and then he's supporting this with information from rumors yeah um okay i feel like rebecca i'm getting heated i'm telling you guys i'm trying to stay mellow it's so bad it's poor girls so jim ship did look into some leads but they were completely botched by any formal investigation for one (laughs) for for one all the information that police had were from people that came to them. They didn't bother doing interviews. They never officially questioned Ted, the godfather, the older sister, or the cousin that saw Danette and Jeanette the day they disappeared. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what are you doing? Sitting on your ass? Just yeah. writing but, up your own story? <laughs> yeah. And what? Uh, and then when they did get information, they got it all wrong because they don't know how to ask questions or like right. spell or yeah. I don't know. It's so <laughs> annoying. <sighs> so police also never talked to Danette and Jeanette's father, who was a man named John Milbrook, who had a history of abuse. So John and Miss Louise were not together and he didn't live with the twins or really see them that often. Um, and he had a very abusive relationship with Miss Louise when they were together. He even got physical with her when she was pregnant with the twins. Um, he oh had God. like a long criminal history. So it's like beyond me that the police wouldn't question him because he's their father living in the same area. Like he has sketchy past. Um, but despite that, like, the girls would visit him sometimes, so it's just even more frustrating that the police never asked him anything either. So, on April 18th, 1991, a little year over after, wow, on April 18th, 1991, um, a year, uh, I'm so mad, like, that they was make a good me, year. makes me get 91. Yeah, I was two weeks old. Love. Okay, I'm gonna start this over again. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> On April 18th, 1991, which was a little over a year after their disappearance, Jim Ship showed up to Miss Louise's door. So when she saw Jim Ship come to her, she thought that he was coming to tell her that Danette and Jeanette were found, but the news she got was nowhere near what she had thought. He came to her house to tell her that the police officially closed the investigation. Oh! <gasps> Since the twins took April seven, Fools? <laughs> you would think so. Ugh. Sorry, I'm so fucking mad. Okay. Since the twins turned 17 on April 2nd of that year, and according to the laws of Georgia, they were now at the age that they would not be legally forced to come home if they were found. That's why What they if they were it. like found in someone's basement? Like Yeah, yeah. like that so like they're missing children yeah they're they're children when they went missing like how come the police don't have an obligation to do anything because now that they're at an age that they don't have to come home like they just stop because they've hit an age and they're like giving up that's bad yeah like in my opinion they just like they literally didn't give a shit to begin with clearly so now it's just up to miss louise and the rest of the family to to figure this out because they have they're getting no help from anybody um the family like did continue to like try to check in with the police they asked for more information like over the years so that they can find the girls but 
when the police did respond, and when I say respond, I don't actually mean respond because they ignored like all of their inquiries pretty much. Um, they did offer some explanations or as I call them excuses um, as to why they weren't looking for the girls. So at first, the police kept telling Miss Louise that the twins were located, but they just weren't able to tell her where they were. I don't know mm-hmm. how that makes any type of sense. Yeah, what? Like, yes, ma'am, we found your missing daughters, but we can't tell you where they are. Yeah. They 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 were given no explanation as to why they couldn't tell them. They just told them that they couldn't. And another mm-hmm. excuse that they were given was that the girls were actually placed into the foster care system and were adopted. Like, why are but, we uh, giving... No, because, like, at 15 and in the 90s, there's phones, like... Right, and, you like, call no your one's going to ask yeah. any questions about, like, these random 15-year-olds that someone, like, drops yeah. off or, like, they walked into somewhere, like... Right, and it's just, like, those are two different stories. Yeah, they were found, but we can't tell you. Also, they were adopted by somebody else, and we can't tell you. Like, why are we giving different information? Yeah. And the family was like, what the fuck? The police just got, like, super nasty with them, and it never amounted to anything. Like, they, from day one, it was just, like, hopeless because they yeah. didn't want to help them. Right. So, in 1993, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children told Miss Louise that Danette and Jeanette were officially removed from their database because the Augusta police reached out to them and told them that they had been found. Give me proof. Give me proof. And, like, Miss Louise was like, no, they weren't found. Like, can you put them back in your system? Yeah. And when that organization, like, contacted the police about it, they were like, no, they were found. Take them out. So, like, it was, like, a double confirmation. Then, like, give us, like, like proof of Like, take a picture. Like, you don't want to talk. They don't want to talk to us? Okay, they don't want to talk to us. Can you, like, send us a picture? Can you send us any type of proof? Like, a fingerprint? Anything? Document? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I can't even imagine how frustrated this family is because they're just like, just tell us something. Like, give us, like, if you're saying this, like, prove it. Like, exactly what you said. But they just gave excuse after excuse why they couldn't do stuff. You remember um, that Lori Vallow lady? Yes. Ugh. Like, her daughter Ugh. was 16 and they were forcing her to show proof that she yeah. like where of her location. You know, like, she was the same age. I hate her. I hate her. Why? Yeah. Her and Casey Anthony. Yeah. Boom. And these police officers. And these. Oh my god! I just Jim Ship. Smack some sense into these people. Jim Ship. Jim Ship. Wait. Um. Side note. Did you see that documentary went live on Peacock? The Casey Anthony thing. No, did I you, didn't. I didn't. Did you watch, didn't watch it? it? No, I'm not gonna fucking. Watch I'm not gonna it. watch it either. I don't. I'm not giving that I any. See. Someone on Twitter posted, like, the Twitter or TikTok? I don't know. I saw it. But she's, like, literally at a concert on stage dancing. Steel Panther. I saw it. And apparently within, like, the first few minutes of this documentary, she says that she had panic attacks in large crowds and she can't be around large crowds now. And then that video started going viral. So, like, what a dumb bitch. Yeah. I... I, like, I thought we were all in agreement as the world that it was on site. If you saw her. Yeah. <laughs> but then Peacock had to go and give her a platform. Like, I'm, like, yeah. really pissed about that. No, that, yeah. That. 
did you watch really quick did you watch um the good nurse the movie on Netflix. I didn't. I didn't. No, I just watched it yesterday. Was it good? It's pretty good. I honestly, and like maybe you talked about this and I just do not remember because it was, when did you do that episode? I feel like it was a long time early. ago. It was yeah. early, yeah. Just like I, did you talk about the woman that was involved in it? I don't think so. And maybe that's like a fictional part, but like, if, like I like The woman to... that like turned him in? Yeah. Oh, well, she- she was well all I really put in there was that she was the one that like figured it out and like told people about so it. basically like in the movie she's the main character oh really oh, I like that, that. I it's her that. like figuring it out yeah it's like her figuring it out and like she had like a health issue where like she needed a heart transplant and stuff wow oh, yeah wow. it was really interesting because I was like I was like maybe this is fictional because I don't really remember Rebecca talking about this part that much <laughs> oh I don't know well all I know is that like she was the one that figured it out and told yeah. people about it but that's it really was... interesting that it's like from her point of view yeah oh. it was really good definitely I I mean I really liked it I will watch it again yeah. it's good I, I was um hesitant after the watcher debacle so oh yeah I think this yeah. it, this kind of like picks up towards the end of his like killing spree but it's okay. good I like that it was from her point of view and they didn't really make it about him as much yeah yes. that's really good for sure but anyway keep going I just wanted to ask I totally forgot I watched that <laughs> okay where was I okay so even though it was just excuse after excuse and injustice after injustice Miss Louise and the family kept on fighting they worked tirelessly to get Danette and Jeanette's case out into the world by reaching out to news organizations both big and small they also contacted the FBI, but no one ever responded. Later on in 1993, Shantae saw a news report on TV that the remains were found belonging to an unidentified Black female in Aiken County, South Carolina, which was right across the Georgia state border from Augusta. Oh my God. Seriously? The news reporter said it was most likely the result of a homicide that happened anywhere between 1990 and 1992. They were literally right there. The facial reconstruction of the remains literally shocked Shantae because it looked eerily similar to her missing sister, Jeanette. When Shantae called the sheriff's office to tell them that she thought the Aiken County Doe could be her sister... They immediately said that it's neither one of her sisters and was never given a reason why or why not. What? They just insisted that the remains did not belong to either of them. I, I'm I just, I have no words. I'm just really confused. (laughs) Interestingly enough, I'll give you words, Allie. Here we go. (laughs) It's impossible for police to know whether or not it was Jeanette or Danette because they didn't have their DNA to, like, review against those remains. So, like, what? they didn't check, one. And also, according to the police, they're not even missing anymore. Remember, they said they were found. So, like, they wouldn't have checked anyway, according to police records. So, the police basically said, like, oh, no, not this girl again. And then gave Shantae an excuse. There's no way they could have done any type of checking. I am in pain. <laughs> Big pause for a deep breath. Big pause for a deep breath. Oh my god, I don't understand. Like, I just, it's crazy to me too that, like, police stations get away with that kind of stuff. Like, that, I just, 
I mean, they still do. It's just like mind blowing to me. Like people can literally just be blatantly dead, and they're like, "Yeah, what? No, they're alive." Yeah. Oh, we saw. Oh yeah. yeah, no, I saw them last week, gas station. So that kept happening for years. Like with every lead or every glimmer of hope that the twins' family had, the police just shut them down without another thought. However, in 2013, there was a little glimmer of hope. A man named Richard Roundtree was elected as the county's new sheriff, who and he was the first black sheriff in the county's history. I love that name. Richard Roundtree. Yeah. I just know he's like ready to buff some heads over there. He's ready to go. Yeah. So Shantae saw his campaigns on TV and decided to reach out to the sheriff's office once he won, hoping that he would be able to help her and Miss Louise search for her sisters. So when Shantae called the office explaining the whole situation, she got a call back the very next day. She was told that the police had decided to reopen the case. There was no information or evidence that made them reopen the case, but they told Shantae that the case should have never been closed in the first place. No the sh- sheriff, yeah, the sheriff was <laughs> even quoted, quoted later on saying, we think a terrible injustice has been done for the last 20 years, which helped, yeah. this, which helped <laughs> this new investigation like get on its feet. Like, thank you for acknowledging this. Let's like get going now. Yes. 20 years later, unfortunately. Oh my god. So they started by creating age progression photos and then releasing them um, into the public. And then they also re-entered the girls into the missing persons database. They also took DNA from the family, excluding um, John Milbrook, their father, because he refused to participate. Um, But investigators compared the family's DNA to unidentified missing persons, but there was no match found even to this day. Um, Danette and Jeanette's family and friends have all said that the new investigators are a little bit more helpful. The bar was set so high before, but it's still a lot of the same. Like they call, there's no more information. They call, they don't get a call back. And Shantae even said like it was like reliving the trauma all over again but in 2017 Shantae got a Facebook message from Laura Norton and Brooke Hargrove they told Shantae that they wanted to do a podcast that focused on under underserved and marginalized communities and thought that they could help tell Danette and Jeanette's story so they started to investigate with Shantae And they discovered some shocking information from the early 90s in Augusta when Danette and Jeanette disappeared. Not ready. So there was a serial rapist and alleged serial killer active in the Augusta area when the twins disappeared. No. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, how do you not connect to all of that? Oh, my God. They did some great police work. They just don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, they didn't care. No. So this man's name was Joseph Patrick Washington. And this man was sentenced to 17 consecutive life sentences for all of his convictions in 1995. Wow. This man would kidnap women at gunpoint and take them to a different location where he would rape and kill them. His victim type was young black women with short hair the exact description of Danette and Jeanette 
even though this guy died in prison in 1999, he was active in the same exact neighborhood where the twins were walking that day. Oh my and god. He, he even abducted one of his victims from that same pump and shop where the girls were last seen. It's him. What kind of car does he drive? Right. <laughs> if that's not crazy enough, Joseph Patrick Washington had ties to Danette and Jeanette's father, John Milbrook. He lived only a few blocks away from their father, and they had connections based on drugs and criminal activity. That's so, creepy. I know. Like, it, it's insane how much everything's, like, interconnected when they actually figured some shit out. So, Laura, Brooke, and Shantae tried to talk with John while they were investigating for the podcast, but he was in a nursing home with dementia at the time they were talking to him and they asked him where he thought Danette and Jeanette were. And he said they were dead so deep. No one would find them. Yikes. Then he said he didn't know and that he should ask their mother where to find them. So like, it's really hard to figure out if he was telling the truth or if it was like dementia, like, yeah, yeah. that's weird. Um, they then asked Tara, him, are you alone in the office yeah, susan say. just got here but i don't know where she went she's being a weirdo i hope it was susan are you <laughs> there is who's behind you who's the what the survivor on is already there yeah okay um okay so then they asked wait, wait, wait. they then asked some of john's criminal buddies if they knew anything about danette and Jeanette's disappearance then they found this guy named ernest who was in jail at the time for his role in a murder but he said he could answer their questions only if they agreed to help him get out of jail Hmm. so i know right he's like i'll help you if you get me out of jail but hopeful that he could hold some information laura and brooke told police about this communication and they asked police if they could make any type of deal so they could talk to him but they never heard back from law enforcement about this however in 2019 oxygen decided to make a tv special about danette and Jeanette's disappearance wow. and one of the people they asked to interview was ernest and he did spoke speak to them so ernest said in march of 1990 john was struggling with drug addiction and would rent out his home in exchange for drugs now, at the time, Ernest was only 12 years old, but he was selling drugs out of John's house. So Ernest claims that the twins were at the house the day that they went missing. He said that one of the girls was sexually assaulted by one of the men in the house. And when the other twin realized what was happening, she tried to stop it, but was then punched, fell down and split her head open. When the situation Mm. escalated like that, one of the men in the house told everyone to leave and just come back when it was quieter, and Ernest said that's when he left. So, yeah. So, according to Ernest, like, he thinks someone in that house killed the girls, and then John buried them in an area called the Mary Brothers Brickyard Ponds, which was one of the places that Joseph Patrick Washington, that rapist and serial killer, would take his victims. Ernest said that this area was a common place for people to dump bodies. 
Ernest also disclosed that some of the men who were in the house that day were all criminals that were connected to drug trafficking and homicides. So even though this guy had a lot of inconsistencies in his story, like the police thought that it was credible enough to follow up on this lead. So they did, and they talked to almost all of the men that Ernest named, but a lot of them wouldn't talk or give any relevant information. However, based on all the information that they gathered, investigators realized that Ernest was describing a different double homicide. No, no, no. (laughs) What? (laughs) So they get all of this information, and then it was like, wait, it wasn't them. And then they asked Ernest about it. He admitted to lying. He said, yeah, I lied, but the only thing I lied about was that it wasn't Danette and Jeanette. Okay, well, that's a big part of it. That's what we needed. (laughs) So, like, I'm going to be honest here. There are a lot of weird side stories like this that are somehow, like, connected to this case. Like, the white van thing. One of the criminals that, like, rolled in this house had a white van. Like, there was, like, a whole bunch of, like, other, like, side stories that somehow, like, were relevant to this. Yeah. Like, everything's really messy um like between the terrible investigation and like all these inconsistencies like the he said she said it's just it's it's so hard to like figure out the truth yeah about any of it um I also really urge anyone who wants like a really deep dive into this case to either watch the oxygen special or listen to season one of Lauren Brooke the the ones that reached out to Shantae in the first place their podcast is called the fall line and they go into a lot of detail i've listened to that yeah it's season one maybe you didn't listen to season one they have different seasons i don't know but but they they obviously explain it in a lot more detail um so all right so i want to pivot a moment and talk about mr jim ship this imbecile that botched this (laughs) investigation So um, Laura and Brooke from the Fall Line podcast talked to him for their project. And when they asked him if he thinks Danette and Jeanette are still alive, he said he doesn't know why they wouldn't be. Then he laughed and said, if you find two dead twins, you let me know. Like not like not the time and place to be cracking jokes, Jim. Yeah. That, <laughs> he also admitted that he was the one that told the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children that the twins were found. Of course. That makes sense. That track. That yeah. definitely tracks. <laughs> it does. And he also maintains that the principal of the school, like that whole thing where he saw them after they were reported missing. He still believes that that was true and that the twins ran away because of that story. Okay. And this makes me so mad. Okay. Breathe. So, Miss Louise says <laughs> that Jim Ship didn't keep in touch with her or call her back from the very beginning of this investigation. Miss Louise said that he called her back max three times, like this entire. 32 years wow but 
bad. <laughs> yeah. But Jim Ship says that he did, in fact, call her every couple of weeks to touch base. He thinks maybe Miss Louise doesn't remember because of her IQ. Oh, no. Let's get the phone records. Let's get the fucking phone records, Mr. Ship. That right there is everything that is wrong with this case and law enforcement in general. Mm -hmm. Because where you come from, your education, and what you look like, a hundred and million percent affects how you are treated. Yeah. Miss Louise, Shantae, but most importantly, Danette and Jeanette deserved so much more than this rat of a man. Like, absolutely. It's so infuriating that this was the energy that they were given for 32 years. But despite all of that, Jeanette and Danette's family is still fighting for answers. They constantly try to contact people for help, but as of 2019, it's unclear whether or not this case is still being investigated by law enforcement. Oh. But the um, thing came out of that the body that they found. That that's still a Jane Doe. That's crazy. Because they did take DNA from the family. Oh, they did. Um, and like compared it to missing persons and they never got like a match or anything so that person that was found is still a jane doe um but in may of 2021 a nonprofit called private investigators for the missing gave the family a private investigator like all free oh, wow. of charge to keep looking into this case and to see what happened to Danette and Jeanette but that's all we really know at this point um mm-hmm. But, like, the reason why I picked this case, too, was that it's absolutely insane to me with all of this information that it wasn't talked about until, like, recently. Like, this conversation really started when um, Laura and Brooke from the fall line, like, started investigating themselves and when Oxygen, like, did that special on them. Right. But, like, it's so sad to think about, like, all of the other cases out there that aren't really getting attention from the media or police. Um, I just really hope that, like, no one else has to suffer, like, Miss Louise and Shantae Miss did Louise. because of these police incompetence. Because, like, honestly, if they had an actual investigation, if the police actually cared about this family and these girls, like, I feel like they would have some sort of answers yeah. by now. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. That's so sad. But unfortunately, like, that's that's where it ends. Still don't really know. Bless Sorry. Me. Did you guys hear that? Did he sneeze? I don't know. I think it was a cough. <laughs> a snort. <laughs> he snorted. He sneezed. little fart. <laughs> sneezed and farted. He, uh, he had bronchitis. So he still gets... Poor George. But more poor... Twins. he'll live yeah, yeah he'll live. i'm gonna show you um the composite yeah. the aged composite sketch sketches next yeah. to their um original pictures can you i was gonna say can you... yeah i just i just uh there i definitely like to see what everybody looks like to put names to the faces holy shit what so, so this is danette and this is jeanette 
And oh wait, oh, are... I'm sorry. I thought this was the like put the sketch oh, of the person. Yes. Me too. Um, the body that they found. I'm like, no, no, the me too. I was like, <laughs> no, are you these... sure? Yeah. <laughs> these are the composites, like the the age composite Okay. Yeah, yeah. And these are like the original photos that they had of them. Oh, they were so cute. Yeah, they were really cute. Look so young. You know, they were full babies. Fifteen. Well, honestly, I just you know. I hope they are alive and ran away somewhere and they lived a yeah. happy life and they I hope it was their choice. Yeah, they have like memory loss and they have no idea who they are. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Miss would... Louise. Yeah, I'm no. thinking about her. Yeah, like at the beginning, like Miss Louise was so adamant about like figuring out everything, but Shantae did say like after a while she could see what it was doing to her mom. So she yeah. kind of took the reins and like tried yeah. to like lead everything. Like she talked yeah. to um Laura and Brooke a lot and they tried to like work together because Miss Louise was just like she she worked so hard to find her daughters and yeah. so Shantae was just like I think I'm gonna try to like take over for my mom a little bit so but it's just very very sad and they're still looking they're still trying to figure it out hopefully yeah. they get some answers and get some closure because yeah. they've been like suffering like this for 32 years that's so sad even just anything like if they can't find them like even just like someone admitting to what happened so they can have something yeah. any type of answer because they've yeah. just been shut down yeah. yeah every which way because of i mean the police didn't even it's just so sad that they didn't even look into anything yeah. they right. didn't care they didn't even ask for interviews as soon as it happened right and like like the difference that could have made right Oh, very sad. poor babies thinking of them praying yeah for them. and people are still looking for them good all right well now i'm depressed <laughs> sorry my bad i'm gonna try to do like a spooky one next week spooky <laughs> yeah like a spooky gotta switch it up a little bit i feel like i've been doing just murders sabbies yeah we're gonna do a spooky instead of a stabby. I'm gonna try. I already have like a little. I mean, I have my list of cases, but I have spooky ones on there. I could probably pick from. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I have a list too, and then I look at them and I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I look for something else. It happens every single time. I know. I'm saying this now, but you know, I always change my mind. <laughs> have you? This is not off topic, or this is not on not on topic but i would like to do this tiktok trend with you guys have you seen where you like we each come up with a list of things that we think would send a victorian child into a coma (laughs) what (laughs) things that would just like rock their world so much that they would go into a coma yes i want to do that 100 percent. can you send me an example yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, because i'm just like what are we talking about yeah i want to do that are we doing it in person We'll do it on here. I was looking at Susan and was reminded of a Victorian Victorian ghost. child. <laughs> well, we're all coming in next week for the white elephant. We could do it. Oh first. my gosh, yes. We should do it then. All right, so I'll try to make my list by then. Okay, so, yeah, start thinking about them. Send me examples so I know what to think about because I still don't understand. Okay. How many like, just I- like things that you think would shock a Victorian child if they came to 2022. Oh, Okay. Like that okay. would shock them so much they'd go into a coma. <laughs> okay. What'd you say? 
<laughs> Susan says crop tops. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Add it to the list. I saw one and I don't know why it had me rolling, but they were like penicillin. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. There was a lot of funny ones that I like yeah. from the one. Was it like the three girls at a sleepover or something? Yeah. That you saw? Yeah. That it's I like saw that. A, a razor cell phone. And you have to try to, you have to <laughs> do it without Beagle. laughing. Yeah. Yeah. The number one is Omegle, I think. Oh, that's a good one. Wait. <laughs> How that was a website. It was literally like talk to talk to strangers, right? Wait, can we say bye and then I want to tell you yeah. an Omegle thing? Okay. Yes. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey. Resources for this episode include Cold Case Project, The Millbrook Twins, reporting from WJBF News Channel 6. Missing the Millbrook Twins, podcast by Crime Junkie, and the Augusta Chronicle. Death chair.